You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to this episode of the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you enjoy what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, and Odyssey. Doing so does not cost you a single penny and ensures you never miss another episode. On tonight's podcast, I had originally planned to do some analysis and stuff uh, on Winnipeg's upcoming games, but, well, thanks to the NHL deciding to postpone just about everything until Sunday, which is when the Jets would next actually have some real NHL action, my recording schedule for this week has kind of changed a bit, so I'm, I'm going to do some, you know, World Juniors content, which I did promise already. I'll give some thoughts on some of the players I got to watch and uh, ultimately what I think of some of these teams. And then later on, we will do a little bit more of our World Cup of Hockey special where we kind of create some teams that might theoretically play in the World Cup of Hockey next year. Were it to happen, since it's likely the Olympics are, are off the table and no one is really going overseas. For tonight's show, I might focus on Team USA and a couple of selections for that team. I don't know if I'll do a full team breakdown on tonight's episode. Most likely, I'll probably pick one kind of group of players and sort of go from there. But first off, let's talk about the uh, the NHL scheduling and stuff because this does impact the Jets. Due to the scheduling and some of the revenue losses of what the NHL is projecting for teams that have only 50% capacity crowds, the league is kind of shying away from having a full uh, lineup of like Canadian games played in Canadian rinks while the um, enforcement of the reduced capacity is in effect. It seems like a lot of teams are trying to maybe hold out until later in the season when they're hoping Omicron and Delta are a little bit less of a concern and they can actually have more fans in the building. This means Winnipeg doesn't play until this coming weekend, so they've had a couple of weeks off in effect, which does actually give head coach Dave Lowry some time to try and figure out what exactly he wants this team to do. Now, I'll tell you some things that uh, kind of came out of practice recently. Murat Atesh of The Athletic was giving some lines earlier, and I don't 100% know how I feel about all of them, but we'll just sort of talk through them and, and see, you know, what, what y'all think about it. So the lineup as it is right now, it's currently Stasny, Shifley, and Ehlers, Connor, Dubois, Harkins, Toninato, Lowry, and Reichel, and then Bolu, Gustafson, and Cease at forward, which this lineup, it's a little bit strange, right? Bolu on the fourth line, I'm not really sure I like all that much. I know that you have some emergency call-ups and stuff, and certainly Cole Perfetti is currently away with Team Canada, so he's not really a consideration. That said, uh, Zvechnikov actually does appear to be getting back to health, and it seems like he might actually be healthy enough to play over the weekend, especially with the extra days off. But for some reason, Dave Lowry seems to want to keep Bolu on that fourth line. He said he wants to roll all four lines, which... I don't really know why you would do that then if you have a healthy Svechnikov just sitting there. This is kind of my growing concern with Evgeny is, you know, if the Jets don't really make use of him 
and he continues to sort of sit around or maybe only get a few minutes here and there after posting such really good early results uh, across most of his games, you know, is he going to want to come back? And is this a guy that the Jets would actually be interested in retaining? I think if they let him walk for free, they're going to be losing some serious value. I think Zvetch is actually a great fit for this team, and it's clear that he does deserve a top-nine role. You might even argue that he deserves a second-line billing. I mean, he's been that good, especially when he's healthy. So the whole freezing of him out of the lineup is a little bit strange to me. Um, about the only thing I will say that does seem to be a positive development is that we've got Morrissey and DeMello back together, Dylan and Schmidt are now a pairing, and then Heinola and Stanley are on the third. Pionk is currently traveling to wherever I guess the next destination would be, which I think might be Vegas. I can't imagine anyone who was in transit is having a fun time right now because, you know, things keep changing and the schedule keeps getting postponed. But either way, the Jets have a few days off. Now, this lineup, if we get Pionk back, probably we'll see Dylan and Pionk again. I, I don't know where Schmidt would then line up. I don't know if it means Morrissey DeMello gets split up and we get Morrissey Schmidt once again, and Pionk, you know, then goes onto that second pairing, and you have... I guess, Stanley and DeMello once again. I don't really know if that's where Lowry would go, but, you know, I would prefer to have Morrissey and DeMello stay together. I think that pairing is much more functional than Morrissey-Schmidt. As much as I love Nate Schmidt, and I think he's been able to help Morrissey do a lot more offensively, it's clear that defensively this pairing is still something of a huge gaping hole. And it's not like that is particularly surprising. I think we all expected that, and it's more or less panned out, so... Yeah, not not great on that front. Um, overall, this lineup, I'm just, I'm sort of wondering what exactly Dave's bigger plan with this team is. Now that they've had so much time to practice and prepare, I don't really know if we actually have to give him extra leash on some of his decisions. I saw somebody on Twitter make a good point that, you know, it's not like he's having to, to do this on the fly and essentially improvise with each game. No, he's had a couple of weeks off. They're practicing now. And so... We should probably expect that what he does in the next couple of games is most likely how he's going to coach for the rest of the season. And I gotta be honest with you, I, I don't really know if I like the direction the Jets are moving. I, I think in many ways it's not all that different from Paul Maurice, and I don't know if Lowry really has a lot of high-minded ideas for how this team should be playing. I think that, you know, with, with the Jets, I would rather they be fast and loose I think that suits their roster construction a lot more, but it kind of seems like Lowry focuses on big, physical, heavy-hitting players, guys that he trusts defensively, and I don't really know if that's the style of hockey I really want Winnipeg reverting to. You know, I, I do understand if they want to make point shots part of their game, and if they like a lot of, you know, net crashing and direct drives to the slot, but... I feel like with how much finesse Winnipeg has and the skill that they can really bring to bear, it would be a mistake to take such a boring and direct approach. And, you know, with point shots, they don't really turn into goals very often, especially for the Jets. Winnipeg does concede a lot of point shots, but in terms of actually scoring them, it's not a super frequent occurrence. So I'd prefer Winnipeg attack the slot with more cross-seam movement. I think they have all of the talent to do that. It's just going to be whether Dave actually wants to go that route or if he's more interested in just fast counters, very direct north-south hockey, stuff that's not super fussy or complicated. Vegas will be a very interesting test to see what his philosophy is. I'm hoping that it's not going to be what I think it is, but right now I'm not feeling overly confident, so 
We'll see in a couple of days. Until then, though, we've got plenty of World Juniors action and some thoughts on potential World Cup of Hockey rosters, so stay tuned and stick around. We'll talk about uh, Team Sweden and Daniel Torgerson in just a moment. Before we go any further, though, I thought you should hear a little bit about BetOnline.ag and why they should be the only place you do your online betting during this holiday season. BetOnline has you covered all season for more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues the march to the playoffs. Not into football? No problem, because BetOnline has you covered for all of the other sports action you could possibly want. It should be your number one destination for all your online betting needs. Head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Just use promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Whether you want to play some bets on a Baltimore Ravens game, or you're more interested in who might be your standout scorer from the next Winnipeg Jets outing, BetOnline should be the only place you place your online bets on that next hotly anticipated game. They're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action, so don't hesitate to sign up today for a free account, and be sure to use promo code LOCKEDON to receive that 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. Hello friends, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. We are uh, now moving on to some World Juniors thoughts from a couple of games that I've had some time to watch. Uh, we actually just had Canada finishing up their game against Austria. Not a lot to say about this one. Canada basically steamrolled Austria 11-2, and it got to the point where Connor Bedard had like, I don't know, five or six goals or something. Just absolutely ridiculous. Pretty much, if you were a Team Canada skater, you probably had at least a point or something in tonight's outing, and that can be said for Cole Perfetti, who actually had a couple of points. I believe he had a goal and an assist or two, which, you know, you love to see. I believe he now has six points on the tournament in just a handful of games. Not really super shocking. Uh, I know that this is just um, a fun tournament and certainly one where, you know, kids are coming out to represent their country. They're hoping to have a good time and certainly show off some of their development. But Perfetti, I think we all know, he's just elite. It is what it is. There's not really anything super shocking about him. And what we see is kind of what we get. Uh, and what we're seeing with him is that he's still a genius. He's still attempting passes that a lot of players aren't thinking about. He still has the ability to thread a needle. His ability to pounce on turnovers and convert them to goal-scoring opportunities uh, continues to be elite. He's actually got penalty-killing ability. Uh, again, he's just such a really well-balanced forward with a really, really hard-working ethic, and I think a passion to improve his his own performance, his skill sets, all of his tools. He's just such a good player and somebody with, in my mind, a limitless ceiling. I think he could do whatever it is that he wants, and I think he will because he'll set his mind to it and he'll work towards that objective. Team Canada, I, I don't think that they've had as many tests as I've expected. Their goaltending, you know, it's it's not too bad, but it's also not great. I think they've got a couple of guys in net who, you know, if they're actually facing a good team, might feel some pressure, but it seems like this tournament... It's a bit at risk right now because there are some uh, positive tests coming out of the Team USA camp. They actually had to forfeit their game today against the Swiss for some reason. I know that they're not really on a timetable where they can probably just reschedule games, but, you know, it's not a great look for the tournament. I'm sure no one is happy that Team USA has had to forfeit, and if they keep having issues, they're definitely going to have problems actually qualifying for the later rounds and playing against, say, Canada, right? So... 
this tournament, it, it might actually be heavily influenced by which teams have to forfeit the least amount of games. That is, even if it continues, they may actually have to call it at some point and send everybody back home if the situation actually gets worse. Let's just hope it doesn't. That would really suck. Uh, but aside from that, I wanted to talk a little bit about Daniel Torgerson because I think he is something of an unknown for Jets fans. Sweden, in their game yesterday against Slovakia, I wasn't overly enthralled with. I think Slovakia actually put up a really stiff resistance, and honestly, it was kind of a miracle that they didn't end up scoring on opportunities like a 6-on-3 power play and stuff like that. They basically uh, bet the house and put all the chips down, and they just really couldn't find a way past Sweden's penalty killing, and their goalie, uh, Jesper Walstedt, I believe is his name, is a really, really highly touted prospect one of the best young goalies in the world. And every time I've seen Volstad, I think he's been unbelievable in net. So I, I wouldn't be shocked if, you know, a lot of other teams that face Sweden have the same issues as Slovakia did. Um, now, the Slovaks actually have a lot of talent. Kanashko, you know, Chromiak, they've got some great shooters. Their back line isn't super ideal. They made a couple of really bad turnovers that Sweden turned into goals. But you might be wondering, okay, how did Torgerson do? Because he wasn't really in a prominent role with this team. And so as a third liner, I think Torgerson has done a pretty decent job of being a guy that they can toss out on a penalty kill, a player who's not afraid to go along the walls for a four check, and just generally provides a little bit of extra fresh legs, as well as some okay transition ability. Where I kind of think Torgerson might be a little bit underappreciated is that when he's around the net, I actually think his positioning is surprisingly good. He knows where to find good shooting lanes, and he's often hovering around the slot area looking for tap-ins or one-time opportunities. I feel like sometimes his teammates haven't utilized him all that much, which is kind of interesting. I don't know why they wouldn't turn to him, because he's such a tall player. Uh, occasionally, you can tell that this is still a very almost impromptu tournament, and that there's not been a lot of practice between teams. You know, Torgerson will maybe overskate a route or skate along the route of another one of his teammates as they're trying to create some overlaps and stuff. I mean, these are still kids, and it's very loose and fast, but even still, you can kind of see Torgerson might be having issues that would probably be more resolved if he was actually on an organized, very structured squad. And I think Sweden is probably one of the few teams that you could call that in the World Juniors. I think the way that they play was very disciplined, very tightly controlled, and, you know, Torgerson definitely has a role. What would he do at the NHL level? Like I've said, I think he's probably closer to, what, like a uh, a third-line winger with some defensive ability, maybe more like a fourth-liner. He's definitely a utility player and not somebody that I'm banking on having a significant pro-level impact in North America. But, again, I, I think that there's a role for him. If he actually starts to acclimate to North American ice at the AHL level, I wouldn't mind seeing him get an audition with the Jets, but for now, let's just kind of wait for him to develop some of those offensive instincts and honestly just stay healthy. If he can work on that stuff, we'll revisit the subject at a later date, but I think for now, the biggest thing for him is just getting ice time, getting consistency, and uh, developing some of the good tool sets that he already has. We'll see how he fares for the rest of the tournament, but uh, for now, I did want to talk about another potential tournament, something that may or may not happen next year. There's been no rumors of it, but of course, with... Uh, with the Olympics being uh, canned for now, it does open the door for a potential World Cup of Hockey to return in the near future. You know, I've talked about what Team Canada might look like, but of course, Team USA would probably be one of the favorites of the tournament. And the big question is, who would actually suit up for this Team USA? 
I'll talk about some of the forward choices I might look at in just a moment. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are taking a look at some potential, you know, World Cup of Hockey rosters were it to happen next year or maybe the year after. Obviously, this stuff takes a lot of time to organize, so we're not counting on it happening anytime soon. But with all of the players that could be chosen, the U.S. actually has a pretty interesting opportunity to assemble a great, great forward group. One of the first selections on my list that I'd be looking at is Kyle Connor. And I know, you know, it, it is a homer pick, and obviously everyone's like, ah, oh, you know, Kyle Connor, he's, you know, one of the leading NHL goal scorers this year. He's an obvious choice, but he's also a Jet, so that's just why you're picking him. And, and that is true. I love him. I think he's a phenomenal forward. I think a lot of the stuff that I've had issues with in his game in previous years, he's at least worked out enough to be less of an issue this year. His defense is definitely still suspect at times, or maybe a lot of the times, but, you know, he's scoring and, and working in a lot of build-up play to the point where I feel like some of my complaints, I, I feel like I can kind of rest them for now. The defending is going to be an issue going forward, but it is what it is. You kind of exchange that for lots of pretty goals, so let's just hope he keeps outscoring his issues. My next selection, I feel like, is going to be very obvious. Austin Matthews, what do you even say about this dude? He's one of the most effective slot attackers in the league. And the way that he can just dominate a shift with his physicality, his aggression in space, and his absolutely insane release, there's just very few players on his level and uh, guys who are capable of dominating the ice as much as he does when he steps on. The fact that he can basically just obliterate slot defensive structures with his passing, his vision, his speed, his release... He's just a monster, and I don't really know how you stop him. He would definitely be the U.S.'s top center, and I wouldn't be shocked to see him have a massive, massive tournament going head-to-head -head against guys like Connor McDavid and some of those other top-end players. I'd also be looking to bring in Matthew Tuchuk, who I believe is an excellent creator and a very strong physical wing presence, somebody who's not afraid to forecheck along the walls, but who actually creates a lot of offense off of it. He brings that mixture of skill and grit that I think Team USA loves, and while he is definitely a gritty physical player, I feel like the amount of offense and chaos that he creates around the slot area, in addition to a very good set of hands and a strong release, makes him a very underappreciated forward. And yeah, he will like to mix it up. He'll probably, you know, drop the gloves once or twice. But overall, I just think he's a phenomenal creator and somebody that doesn't get enough credit for just how skilled he is. Um, and that, that kind of leads to another teammate of his that would be joining Team USA, and that's Goudreau. I don't really think this is a shocker. You're looking at one of the best American-born snipers of this generation. Goudreau has consistently been an amazing goal-scoring forward. He brings speed, skill, finesse, a dominant release, uh, a, a preternatural ability to attack space, everything you want in a modern attacking sniping winger who also happens to be a fantastic creator and passer, Goudreau just brings. You gotta get him on this team no matter what. Uh, now this next name I think a lot of people have maybe not been paying attention to, but you have to invite Dylan Larkin. This guy has become one of the most dominant centers out there, and I feel like because he plays for Detroit, his rise to prominence as one of the elite centers in the NHL has really gone under the radar. But Larkin is fantastic, and I feel like he went from being really overrated when he first signed his contract to now being super underappreciated and definitely worth his deal. 
I think he also brings a good dose of leadership at such a young age because Detroit has leaned on him so heavily. And so that experience that he can bring to the locker room on top of the excellent skill that he has, yeah, it's really hard to say no to what he can do. I'd also be interested in bringing in Alex Debrinkit. If you've seen Debrinkit, you know exactly what he's about. He's one of the most talented creators in space. He's so fast and so elusive. His shot is, you know, an absolute monstrous release, one that kind of explodes off of his stick really quickly, and goalies don't ever really see it before. It's just by them, you know, and, and in the back of the net. And I feel like Debrinkit is the exact kind of player that you can trust with almost any situation, whether it's the power play, even strength, probably not the penalty kill. I wouldn't be looking to put him out there, but if you ask him to, I'm sure he'd go to work because that's just the kind of kid he is. The last selection I'm going to use on this one is a very off-the-board pick and probably one that people would disagree with, but I, I really feel like Brian Rust, for me, deserves a look at this roster. Rust, I, I think, has a very unique set of skills and abilities that make him one of the most versatile forwards out there, but the crazy thing is, is he's just pretty much great at everything. Whether you're asking him to defend in his own zone, whether you're looking for him to create from behind the net or in front of the low slot area, he just does everything to a level of like, I would compare him to like Jean-Gabriel Pajot, but somehow even better. Rust is like this utility player that's a super Swiss army knife, probably comparable to like Matthew Perot in his prime. That's the kind of player that Rust is, and he would be a really interesting player to basically throw out at all situations. I don't think Team USA would actually select him, but if they did, I think he'd be an amazing player. He could have a massive tournament, and I really feel like it would be a just reward for the amazing development that he's had over the past couple of years. There are more forward selections that I'll probably focus on tomorrow's episode, so stay tuned to hear more about Team USA. But if you have any suggestions of players you would like to see in the meantime, be sure to let me know at HLivingLocal and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter, and maybe I'll talk about your Team USA forward selections as well as any other roster suggestions on tomorrow's episode. For tonight's podcast, though, that is going to be all the time that we have. Thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. Now make Locked On Bets your second listen of the day, your daily one-stop shop for all of your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all your favorite podcasting platforms, so be sure to listen and subscribe today. And as always, thank you so much for your support. Have a great night, and go Jets go!